It's lunchtime, mid-January, and I'm in East London, on the famous Brick Lane. It's got a bit of everything. Residential, clothes shops, restaurants, religion and music. And there's a noticeable divide between the encroaching London skyscrapers and the unique independent bookshops and venues along the street. Hello. Have you got two seconds or are you rushing? I make a podcast where I ask strangers where they're going. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, fine. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Sainsbury's. It's not that exciting, really. Well, it depends what you're going to buy at Sainsbury's. Oh, uh, I've got some cat food to get, uh, thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch, and just household items, really. So do you live near here, then, if you're getting... Yeah, I live here. So, yeah, I've been working from home today and uh, done with data entry for a moment. <laughs> just thought I'd get out, stretch my legs and do some other stuff. So how come you ended up living around here? Because this is quite a trendy, cool area. Has this... Why you moved here for the music or? I've always liked Brick Lane ever since I was a child. I've got lots of connections back to it with my family. And yeah, I ended up moving here about 10 years ago. It's been good for work. Uh, it's obviously loads of things happening all the time. It doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's tiring in a way now, I've been here 10 years. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess the area sort of pulled me towards it. Yeah. So. And what's the best thing to do around here then when you're not doing your job or getting cat food uh there's loads of kind of i work in the arts so for me an obvious thing is to go and see an exhibition and we get loads of those around here that are free that you can just go and pop in Mm. uh there's always some sort of book reading to go along to there's quite often a performance there's lots of actually free access to cultural activity i'm not sure if people know that but you can literally just stumble upon strange things happening you know oh what's this so it's still fun yeah Definitely. I love your nail colour. That's fabulous. It matches your um, trousers. Yeah, I just wanted something bright today. I thought, um, yeah, I'm going to put something bright on as I go out. You look lovely. Thank you so much for talking. Bye. Wandering down the street, I was drawn to the amazing graffiti near the famous bagel cafes and the strangers pausing on an otherwise busy pavement. Sorry to interrupt your listening. I was just wondering where you're going. I'm just on my break at the moment. Wow. Break from what? From work. What do you do for a job? Uh, I work in uh, immigration. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Whereabouts around here? Uh, it's about five minute walk from here. OK. What kind of job is that? Uh, so it's basically uh, doing the visa applications and also uh, helping businesses get a sponsor licence to hire workers from abroad. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How did you get into it? Uh, so I used to study politics at university. So I studied at Queen Mary. And straight after Queen Mary, after I got my degree, I applied for this immigration role and I've been there ever since. What is it about immigration that interests you? Uh, for a lot of people, it is life-changing. For example, for businesses, when they get sponsor licences, it allows people from abroad to come here and work. And a lot of people do want to come here and work in the first place. So it gives the businesses and the people from other nations to try to come here and get a better life. Mm. And what do you think when you read all the arguments in the newspapers obviously you're a politics sort of um, fan so you must follow it so i know the government are trying the best to now maybe put a halt towards migration so in terms of my business uh, we've been gaining a lot of uh, more customers recently and clients recently because from april the government are introducing a a higher tax bracket and higher salary for uh, uh, migrant workers coming to into the country but um it does go a bit of both phases, there's a lot of arguments for crime, etc, etc, but at the end of the day, London is a, a city where it's made up of migrants, so 
I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, and it must be quite sometimes yeah. an emotional job because people must yeah, really yeah. want what you can help them of get, course, and sometimes yeah. they don't get it. Of course, yeah. It's, it's sometimes you do get a lot of people that maybe for particular reasons their visa is uh, not granted, or they need to provide this, they need to provide that. So it's it's a bit of it's a bit it's a hit and miss really. Some days you have you have really good days, you get a lot of happy people. Some days you get a lot of people calling you, emailing you, and it's a bit sad really, but. It's, it's part of the job, really. How do you cope with it when you feel like, oh, that, I wish that worked out for them? Um, you know, I try my best because there's always, there's, always there's always something you can do. So, for example, if my department can't help them, we do try to uh, go to a different department, try to appeal the decision. So we do try our best, but sometimes it's not in our hands, it's in the government's hands. So uh, you just have to, you know, try, try our best to help as much as we can. What have you learnt about this country and the sort of character of this country from doing your job? For people, people not from other nations looking looking into this country, seeing the government policies and stuff about migration, they might think it's a bit you know it's a bit sticky here. But talking about business in particular and the people around the businesses, everyone is it is a close knit community. It is people do want to bring people in? It's, it's a win win for both situations. So uh, it's, it's lovely seeing the businesses trying to get more migrant workers. So I, I completely love what I do. At the moment. So you would say from the outside it looks a bit tricky or yeah, sticky, yeah. but when they get here they might find it's actually quite nice yeah exactly exactly so it's, it's more of the individuals say coming in uh, if they, if they want to come for a better life they want to get they want to um, excel in a role in a role they probably worked in before in a different country or they have qualifications and i'll say come it's perfect it's perfect it's a win-win for everyone you think people are welcoming here individuals rather than the government do you think yeah, we're nice absolutely absolutely yeah really? absolutely yeah so you say it with confidence to people. You'll have a. It'll be okay when you get here. Yeah, hundred percent. The the process is long. Maybe the actual initial process of actually coming here, getting the documents, getting the funds to actually come in here might be a long process. But once you're here, I think it's perfect for everyone. Thank you so much. Have a nice rest you of your lunch break and don't um, get cold. <laughs> See ya. Excuse me. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to get some glass cleaner. <laughs> That's exciting, isn't it? Because I run a hairstyle academy just around the corner. And so we're cleaning up, getting ready for a new course tomorrow. So that's where I'm going. So you teach hairdressing? I teach hairstyling to people within the film, TV and session world and salons. How to style hair, yeah. So you know, I was coming down to London today and I need my hair cut and cut it looks ridiculous so this is the worst person i could have spoken to <laughs> no. you're going to be judging everything no well i mean i've been doing it for a very long time so i don't even see it you know unless a client sits in my chair then i'll look at their hair but i never look at people's hair and go oh god disaster <laughs> how did you get into this line of work um i always wanted to be creative i was i always wanted to be a hairdresser i always wanted to uh sculpt paint draw design and so I design as what well, films as well and lots of different TV Netflix series and wow. things like that um, uh, I just love human beings as well so you've got to like people and you've got to like listening to people as well and their problems and their life and their journey and, and, I, and I like that as well yeah. so it's, I think it all comes together yeah. especially when you work in someone's crown chakra as well I feel like there is this whole energy that when you're, because you're, you're, you're touching someone constantly if you're washing their hair, touching their hair, cutting their hair, blow drying their hair, same as massage. 
you know, I feel it's very similar. So crown chakra, that's literally the energy you feel at the top of your head. Top of your head, the, the energy on the top of your head, yeah. It's and that's very a important. Thing. It's a thing. It's a thing to be able to, you know, because people are so exposed in that way when you're working on top of someone. So when you're like spending a long time working with someone's head and their hair and their crown chakra, can you feel something? Um, it's not a kind of like a tactile touchy feel there is a it's, a it's a feeling which you hear within their voice and within what they're saying and with I guess within their energy it's a bit like if you walk into a room and you go oh this feels a bit odd I mm. don't feel uh, safe here or I feel that like there's an anxiety in the, in, in the energy so there's lots of different kinds of aspects that you pick up on a human being that gives you a real clear indication of what they're dealing with and what they're going through and, and how best to approach that person if they even want to be approached wow that's so interesting because there's that sort of hackneyed thing like oh your hairdresser you tell them all your gossip because it's like a but this really thoughtful kind of whole person whole energy approach is i've never quite heard it explained like that before it's fascinating yeah i um i I think it is i think there are lots of hairdressers that just cut hair and don't care but i think there are a lot of hairdressers who like human beings you know like that interaction with another human being different people on a regular basis and then yeah exactly Mm. i've got clients i've been working with for 20 30 years and i've seen the transition in their hair Mm. and their life so and i love that and how did you when you said when you were littler or younger you were creative and you wanted to produce and create and make how did you kind of end up wending your way towards this specifically this way of creating this way of making so I originally worked for Customs Next Size at Heathrow Airport and I used to arrest them people. No. Dad, mum and dad said, get a good job, you know, with a really good pension. At 24, 25, I'm like, who gives a toss about pensions? Like, give me a break. And, um, and then one day I just decided to leave. I just, I just, I basically fell asleep at work and uh, got up and just kind of said I was leaving. And I wanted to do something that's far more creative and I wanted to get back into hairdressing. So I started in fashion, and then I moved to film, I started doing films, and I started designing films, and then I moved on to um, light entertainment, like te- loads of TV shows, so all things like Pop World and T4 music shows. and everything. Did you do I the did, hair and makeup for did people Did the hair then? and makeup for that, all the breakfast TV shows, and then MTVs and EMAs, and moved around going from one different thing to the next, and now I mainly do celebrities, so I work with just one someone from America or the UK or Europe and just travel around with them as well. And in the meantime, about 10 years ago, we realised there was nowhere for people to train to style hair. Thousands of places for people to cut hair and to um, colour hair, but not to style. Mm. So that's how we started that, me and my husband, Mm. and then that progressed. So now we have people travelling from all over the world to come and train here. It's been a long, long journey. It's a lot of grafting to be an overnight success. Absolutely. (laughs) So you must have cut some very famous people's hair. Yes. Yes. Are you allowed to say who the most famous is? Or is that like in a box of secrets? No, no, not at all, no. So I've worked with people like Kim Cattrall, Alexa Chung, Kelly Osborne, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. the list goes on, all the Osbournes, 
god, every single TV presenter you see on TV have worked with 90% You've of You've touched them. their chakras. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, having just seen the Emmys, you know, it was delayed and it was happened recently. I mean, the gift of a good blowout and a good style is everything. When you see these actresses, you're like, good it's a skill it's a yeah you're absolutely right it is a skill and it's fun um i think now that i'm doing it for such a long time i see the the veneer Mm. of what i do because it's just a beautiful plaster stuck onto a, a scab underneath that's what i'll say that sounds harsh what i'm saying is the world now looks at these magazines and these people, you know, who are looking gorgeous and beautiful and go, oh my God, isn't that great? Why does my life not look like that? And why can't I walk down the street looking like that? But actually, they're normal human beings. Yeah. And it's a team of people that make them look like that. She didn't wake up looking like that. No. She woke you up know. looking more like me. Well, no, you look great, <laughs> but you've got no makeup on, which no is makeup. perfect. You know, whilst... You know, you've got makeup artists with an assistant yeah. and another assistant. You've got a hairstylist with an assistant and another assistant. You've got someone who brought in 50 items of clothing and oh. 30 shoes and everything to choose from. And, and then the pants. jewelry and everything and everything, yeah. all of that. And then you've got, so you've got probably about 20 people around you just to make you look good mm. for five seconds walk down the street. So people shouldn't look at that and go, wow, why don't I look like that? Well, no one's life looks like that, really. It's a very good wise wake-up call from someone who has spent time with celebrities and who knows them as people to tell us all to stop comparing our insides to their outsides absolutely that's what i mean well good luck with the glass cleaner i hope the next cohort of students are good (laughs) thank you bye I wasn't fishing for compliments, by the way. I really wasn't. That's the beauty of audio anonymity. I can tell you, though, that this man looked on point. He had a lovely beanie and some very trendy earrings and looked right at home in fashionable Brick Lane. Thank you for listening. My name's Catherine Carr and the team at Loftus Media.